You're listening to the Spandex Power Armor Podcast. If it's got a motorcycle in it, it's Takasatsu. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. If you're listening to this, chances are Nevada is still counting the votes. <laughs> See, that oh. won't date the episode like last time. Oh, man, we shouldn't have to care about this. Uh, America, just stop. Get it together, guys. Seriously. Oh, well, that's... Uh... This ain't a politics podcast. This is uh, this is higher. We, we we answer to a higher power than this. We answer to the ghost of A.G. Tsubraya. And sometimes it's Samu Tezuka if I'm allowed to talk about anime. Could we technically kind of ask the Pope to make Tsubraya a, uh, a saint? He was Catholic. And, I mean, you could technically describe creating a whole genre a miracle. Yeah, he did miracles with cinematography. Yeah. But I think that's more of a, a star on the walk of fame rather than yeah, being but sainted. We could try. Look, if Matt Pat can give the Pope a steam code for Bloody Undertale, okay, we can ask him to make Aegis Sabriya a saint. Was the Shinomori Catholic too, or...? Uh, no, he was just a stoner, allegedly. Ah, oh, right. How about we make a Shinomori our god? We can worship his afro. I'm assuming it's still growing on his skeleton. No, no, it's uh, it's been taken and is now uh, enshrined like the Shroud of Turin, you know? we. Uh, it belongs we in a museum! Pay, we must pay pilgrimage. <laughs> That's it, I'm making an Indiana Jones-style film about <laughs> stealing a Shinomori's afro. <laughs> oh, man. Did you, did you ever watch that biopic they did of Shinomori? I didn't, know. What was it called I... again? You know what? I have no idea. I have it. I have it downloaded. Um, I'll, I'll find out for you. It's it's not bad actually. It's it's I don't know. It's kind of nice. Um, it kind of shows how he got into writing and drawing manga. You know, he started out subbing in for Tezuka when they couldn't find him. Um, he you know, joined a. He kind of started living in this like apartment complex that was um, that had a bunch of other artists and authors living in it. His sister died. Got real depressed, went traveling, discovered the word cyborg, and decided, oh, I might make a career out of this word. And then just kind of went off on it. That sounds interesting, though probably not as engaging as, say, a Walt Disney biopic, which includes more rants about communism. Oh, yeah, didn't he break, didn't he have like some massive um, strike or something that he had to break up or something? I'm half, yeah. remember, I'm half remembering something I watched on the. No, it wasn't Defunct Land I watched that on. It, it, was, I, else. it was either, either Defunct Land or Yesterworld. You hear, you hear that? Defunct Land and Yesterworld, we're giving you a shout out. You can have our, our massive audience come and give you some subs. You can have our one listener who isn't a bot. <laughs> Thank you, Mum. <laughs> yeah, um, I know this is incredibly off topic. We haven't even discussed anything yet. This is still technically the intro. Um, yeah, um, there was a strike, and this was after the Great Depression. So Disney was obviously a bit miffed because he made sure to give his um, workers a living wage. He paid them well. And so when they then uh, tried to get better conditions and they striked, he took that as a personal insult. I don't run an animation sweatshop. I have no idea what would constitute anything like that. I guess... Um, good old, good old Walt, or or not? Whose side am I meant to take here? I think it hasn't changed really. What you basically do is you get a bunch of people from CalArts, cram them into a small room, then take all the credit. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That is the uh, the nature of the, the 
those kind of industries, I find. I mean, you've got plenty of accusations about Stan Lee before he became a national treasure doing that kind of thing. So as our, our ramblings may imply, uh, there's no real set uh, plan this episode. We're just talking. You get to hear two two pals palling around and chatting. And you get to pretend that you too have friends. Yeah, don't worry guys, it's fine, because to make things a little easier on the ears, I'm going to start talking like this. This is the stereotypical radio-slash-podcasty voice that I do after a few drinks. It's actually the voice that got me into voiceover work. Okay, story time! Haha, <laughs> you thought we were going to actually talk about Toku. No. Um, I first got into voiceover when I was playing Overwatch, and okay, I was a few beers in, and I was talking a lot on voice chat doing generally helpful things, but every time I got into a match it was, dude, your voice. And, you know, I, I liked the attention. I wasn't a popular boy, so I was like, hey, this is good. Then I got a little drunker and drunker, and I met a guy who worked for a Hungarian marketing agency. Now, if I heard, if I had a dollar for any kind, any time I heard that kind of statement, I'd have one, but it's just weird that I've heard it. Yeah, and I started off with a couple of gigs from that, and that was interesting, that was a really odd section of my life. And yeah, I have no Tokusatsu-related anecdotes, so here's the rest of my life story. Yeah. Cool. Podcast over, everyone. That's, uh, that's our general discussion, that's all we talk about as friends. Goodbye. Wait, 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 stop the music, we've done this joke before. True, true. But it's a funny joke, and no one ever gets tired of it. It's like, you know, they, oh, hi, I didn't see you there thing. No one gets tired of that joke. It's a classic, right? Right. Okay, so, topic. Now, men in rubber suits getting fireworks thrown at each other. Look, okay, look, uh, you shouldn't expose me like this, all right? I don't like you talking about things that I do in my spare time publicly. That's it, I'm king-shaming. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've been watching Ultraman lately. Let's talk about Ultraman. He's Ooh, big. What kind of Ultraman? An Ultra Man. One would even say uh, an above normal man, an Ubermensch, if you will. Man, we turned into Nazi propaganda so quickly. <laughs> no, um, did I've... Super I make propaganda to begin with? Yes. Yes, he did. And he got blacklisted from the industry for a while because of it. Uh, they also, um, I can't remember which agency in the US investigated him, but he was investigated by the US because they were convinced that his film about Pearl Harbor constituted a war crime. Wow, it was that realistic. Imagine, yes. is, are there Japanese people who say that the moon landings aren't real and that Super Raya did them? <laughs> well, no, because they didn't land Rather on the moon. Rather better than Kubrick. <laughs> I know, but that's why the Americans got him, like sort of an Operation Paperclip style thing. Mm. Oh, yeah, no, I wish. I, I wish that was the case. You know, I've been getting some, uh, had some Mill Creek um, Blu-ray stuff come lately. I had um, Ginger and Ginger S. I also had Rube, and they're posting Zed on YouTube. Mispronouncing so it, it's pronounced Lube. Seriously. You, you sicken me. You absolutely disgusting. I mean, not only, not only do you make fun of a foreign nation's accents, but you also turn it into a, a, a joke about mechanical lubrication. How dare you? To be honest, I'd buy that as like a licensed product, like some WD forty or something. They or probably, lube. They probably do. I mean, look, half did, the can's red. The other. <laughs> I was I was watching a video. I can't remember what the name of the channel was, but you can find it if you Google, if you search um, something, something like "Can you live off of Evangelion merch?" And the answer <laughs> is yes. No, the answer is not only yes. The answer is that you can do that and more. 
You can propose I beg to your, your pardon? You can propose to your fiance with Evangelion merch. Wow. Oh yeah. Here I am sitting here with my Sonic the Hedgehog blue curry. Oh. Jealous of all the Eva merch. Uh, yeah, Ultraman. Um Ginga and Ginga S were fun. Ginga is low budget as hell. It is the lowest budget ultra series I've seen. I think it was made for the budget of what was basically like a clip show. And then ah. they decided at the last minute, hang about, this is incredibly lame for an anniversary thing. Let's just make an actual ultra thing. So there's like one there's one location, there's one miniature set. They all the enemy all but like one monster is reused. Everything is as tight as they can make it. Like the, the main characters all take they're all in and around an abandoned school. Or like a recently abandoned school. So like they've moved the local shrine in there because it's hit by a meteorite. The main character is crashing there because he's got nowhere else to stay. And so his friends just kind of visit and spend all their time in and around the school. And then for like three episodes at the end, they're literally trapped in that immediate area and cannot leave no matter how much they want to. I see they're taking from the Doctor Who school of budget. <laughs> Could they not even afford a quarry? <laughs> no. Um, it, it works decently, though. Like it's, it's not that distracting. I mean, it's, it's noticeable. It's very noticeable. But it doesn't make it... It's thematically sound, basically. The, the, one, one of the big themes of it is like childhood dreams and stuff like that. So having it take place in what is now a rundown school works. It, it works. But Ginga S, the sequel... Uh, these are like 12 episodes long each, so both of them make up like a, a decent series together. So it's not so much the sequel series as it is the second half of it. It's a lot more conventional. Like you got you got a science patrol team, um, more special effects, uh, a bigger cast, more locations. And it works, it's like, it takes place a few years later where the main characters kind of join the science patrol and stuff like that. It's it's neat. I like it. So did they run out of ideas and just think, you know what, sod it, let's stick Ginga back in something? Ah, no, no, it, it it came out like literally like a few months after the first half did. Oh, wow, okay, so they actually secured the funding for it. Yeah, no, Ginga made a buttload of money. Wow, nice. And considering how low budget it was, it was probably almost all profit. Uh, also, Taro is in it as a main character, but as a soft vinyl plastic toy. Oh god, I vaguely remember the concept of spark dolls. Yeah. For, for that did they, did, this was before they did all the fancy light up gimmicks, wasn't it? To um, I mean extreme toyetic. I mean no they had the my man something capsule. My capsule. man. My man, they're literally toys they're using. <laughs> that that's peak toyetic. I know. I mean uh, they're just... not shift cars, sure. But I still <laughs> I think it was more it's a very cynical way of doing it because it's like, what do you need to do all this? Literal toys. Now, now to be fair, I don't think it was that cynical. They, It's not like they made these toys specifically for that use. They repurposed existing toys to save on money. That's great if you got an excess of um, <laughs> inventory. Yeah. Oh, man, it... Yeah, it, it's, it's fine. You kind of have to... I found with a lot of Toku, you kind of have to reworking in your mind like they're not soft vinyl toys that's just how they look in the show in reality in the reality of the show they're probably something more impressive I, I don't know it's like the fan theory that star trek the original series uh looks so bad because it's a telling of the actual story but done on a budget like done by some sort of low budget i see 
Starfleet thingamabobber. In a what what that doesn't make any sense though. Why would they have a budget? They or some third they party. They don't have money. I don't know. Fine. Okay. It's like, a cashless society. Okay. Clear the table. They have replicators. I'm thinking then maybe it's uh, some poor ass colony in the demilitarized zone that's been abandoned by the Federation. Then why would that? Why would the they make? Why would they Captain make a production? Kirk. Why would they make a production glorifying the Federation? You, your theories make no sense to me, man. Yeah. Um, oh, a wizard did it. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, cool. All is forgiven. Uh, uh, Ginger is fun, and you should watch it. And that's both you, Rex, and the audience. It, it's it's fun. It's nice. Uh, the the legacy power kind of thing makes a little bit more sense in this. A little bit more. I, I, I don't like legacy powers anymore. I really don't. Um, Before like in, it got all stale and horrible. In, in Ginga S, he gets a new form, which kind of combi- combines the powers of the other Ultra Brothers, but it doesn't make him look like them. Like, he he gets, uh, you know, Taro's kind of chest and shoulder piece. He kind of gets bits reminiscent of that, but that's as far as it goes, which is f- totally fine, because it's directly from Taro, and it's ta- Taro's power that's doing it, and it's he's physically there and talks to him through it. That makes more sense than just oh I've I've got this card. It's got a picture of uh, it's got a picture of Zoffy on it. I guess I've got Zoffy's powers now. What's the newest gimmick? Is it still Pogs? Yeah, it's Pogs. Man, <laughs> I I can't peek. I can't do anything funnier than just calling them Pogs. It's just exhausting having them be the same thing more often than not. I mean, Rube at least tried something because yeah, sure they're using the powers of like Taro and Ginger and stuff like that. But they're elemental powers based on what the writers kind of feasibly link tacitly to them. Like, yeah, Taro has fire powers. Yeah, sure. Ginga, he's got a lot of blue on him. Give him the water one. Uh, Tiga had a had a had a had a fast form. Sure, make make him the wind one. Ah, they're doing the best with what they can, considering the obligations from the toy companies. Yeah. So, so their little little crystal things have the pictures of the ultras on, but they don't actually impact how they look or anything like that. So that's that was a nice breather. But then, bam, Zed's got three ultras now. Four, if you include Zed, the you know the base ultras. You got Zed, then you got three others that make up his form. How many consecutive anniversary series did we have so far? Well, it's it's not even anniversary anymore. They're just using the gimmicks of an anniversary series. When, when did it start? When did it start? So. Do you count X for doing forms based on old monsters? I'd say... N- no, I'm, I'm leaning no. towards no. So, Orb, that makes sense. He was celebrating Tiger and Ultraman. Sure. But then after that, what came after that? It was Jeed that did them after that as well. Should I count Tiger? Because they're not based... Because Tiger is, um, is Taro's son. And then the uh, the buff boy... And I don't know his name because I've not... Oh, yeah, Ultraman Titus. Ah, uh, yes. The, from, from the fabled Lost Spandex Power Armor episode. Trust us, it was a really funny joke and it made me it, it made me laugh heartily. But you'll never hear it. Yes, but then my computer decided to crap out and kill it. It was too good for this world. You will be missed. Rest in peace. But yeah, no, um, he, he's from the same um, place as Jonius. That doesn't really count. 
it's still like a legacy. Either way, they've been doing like legacy or legacy adjacent stuff for a good long while now. And yeah, whereas you got things like Sentai and Kamen Rider. I mean, help even for the next big anniversary thing after that, which was uh, it was Juoja, wasn't it? They they only had like a, a Go Kaija two parter for that. There, there was no. There was no fanfare. I mean, yeah. I like the way Kamen Rider did it. You had one. Well, the problem is you you had one every decade after decade, which also coincided with the end of the Heisei era. So yeah. it was well-timed. It was a perfect storm. Yeah, it had cultural significance. Yeah, and it, it, it was fine bringing Decade back. I mean, I didn't finish uh, Geo, but you know, it was neat bringing Decade back. Um, and the, the gimmick was different this time. It was armor that they wore based on different riders rather than turning into a rider. Whereas with Ultraman, each time it comes around, it's oh, I'm I'm taking multiple ultras and just smushing them together in me in pretty much the same way. Cool. It was neat when Orb yeah. did it. It was neat when Orb did it because halfway through, Orb gets his original form back, and that's his power up. And that's great. I love that. But then when Jeet does it, Jeet just never gets his base form. Jeet has a base form, but he never uses it, which is really sad to me, because he's like this weird sub. Like the ultra equivalent of a subhuman homunculus thing who has to leech powers off other things to stand on their level. That's that's kind of sad. Come on. He, he, he's met Ultraman King. He uses Ultraman King's powers. Why doesn't King just let him use his base form? Like, be a proper ultra? It's very political in the Land of Light. Very catty uh. as well. True, that's why uh, that's right. Seven had to send his bastard love child of Zero away for a God knows how long. Because he's half blue. I'll be in my cold, cold grave before we get a full-on blue series. <laughs> no blue ultras in my TV. <laughs> we don't talk kindly to your folks around here. <laughs> this is a red ultra-only just... neighborhood. We're creating racism where there was no racism. And we're like, hang on, we need to we need to get racist. This is too diverse. Let's round up all the blues. I want those schools segregated, damn it. Car is only part of the uh, space garrison because of affirmative action. I can't wait for Mabius to come out on Blu-ray. That'll be neat. I like Mabius. That was the first one I watched. It's because you sent me the opening theme for it. Oh, oh God! It's Eurobeat, isn't it? Not is really. that the one? No, no, that was Tiger, dude. Take me higher. Why yeah. Tiger take me, take me higher? Yeah, Dave Rogers of all people. Of course, it wasn't Dave Rogers' version that made it, and they reworked it a bit to add the word the Tiger fools. in it. What was the one for Mebius? That's completely escaped me. I'm not going to sing it for you. I'm going to Google this. It's neat. Again, I think most of my thoughts about things are like, oh yeah, it's neat. I'm a, I'm a very simple man to please. I just think they're neat. Yeah. Yeah. I've never related to Marge Simpson so hard now. I'm just having a, a watch of this intro. And yeah, that's a banger. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, you've sold me. This is, this is a banger. And it is highly representative of its era. Man, this is a video from 2007. Oof! This is a time capsule. Yeah, I like Mabius because it's it's um it's, it was the first one after eighty, I think, 
uh, to take place in the same continuity because all the stuff beyond that had been in like, their own little universes. And so they're constantly making references to old Ultraman shows. And because it's Mabius, it feels a bit special because I hadn't done that yet. Big up on them for caring about continuity as compared to, say, Sentai and Kamen Rider where it's just like, eh, sod it. They're all together and they're all alone. Yeah, it's because um, like, at the start of the first episode, you've got um, Father of Ultra and Mother of Ultra. Are like, yo, maybe us. Um, can you check on Earth, please? We've not been there for a while, and I think I left the oven on. Yeah, no, maybe this is neat. Everything, I think all of Ultraman is neat. I haven't heard good things about Tiger, though, which bothers me because I like Taro. Oh, well, I'm going to watch it anyway. Ultra series don't tend to be particularly long these days, so. I said this last time, I'm going to say it again. I am far too ignorant when it comes to Ultraman stuff. You keep on producing names of series, and I'm just thinking, did he mention that one before? Is he just making it up now? <laughs> I'm gonna st- Every so often I'm going to make up an Ultraman show, and I'm going to see if you ever pick up on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, challenge accepted. Ah, oh, cool. Uh, have you seen the uh, that statue they did for the new Shin Ultraman movie? The, uh, Damn it, you asked that at the wrong time. Now I'm thinking it's mind games. But yes, <laughs> I did see the statue. No colour timer is an interesting choice. Um, Hideaki Anno is a massive Ultraman fan, so that's absolutely got to be intentional. I'll be interested to see what they're doing regarding that. I'm thinking because it's Anno, because of Shin Godzilla and Eva and all that stuff, I'm thinking his skin's going to come off. Oh, come on. Oh, it, it's going to be morbid. It, no, it is not. I, I think this is going to be quite... There's a chance this might be bad, actually. Because Anno is a massive Ultraman fan, so he might not take any risks whatsoever with it. Do you see where I'm coming from? When when you're creating your own original thing, like Evangelion was, uh, you can go absolutely hog-wild on it and do whatever the hell you want, provided you know, the producers mm. let you. Um, I'm, Anno likes Godzilla, but it, it's, not, it's not as big a thing as it is for him with, with Ultraman, say. So I think with Godzilla... Um, he, there wasn't quite so much holding him back with making it weird. With uh, with Ultraman, though, I mean, he made a fan film about Ultraman when he was in uni. He's he's a massive. Uh, did you see that picture of him on his birthday wearing an Ultraman shirt, doing the Ultraman pose? Man loves Ultraman. There's a chance that despite his talent, he might make a bad project out of this because he loves it and doesn't want to mess it up and is a bit too worried to do that i hope that's not the case but that's a legitimate fear i have especially considering how normal ultraman looks you know like there's there's no there's no difference at all like he he might be a bit more slender and skinny but everything about it except for the missing color timer is ultraman yeah it looks like a bloke in a skin tight heavy rubber suit yeah even then, the, the colour timer being missing makes kind of sense. Like, maybe that's before he gets sent to Earth. Uh, colour timers are a um, an external kernel. Like they're a device that's surgically grafted onto an ultra that goes off-world. They're not like a natural part of their anatomy. Why would a statue on Earth uh, be of him before he gets to Earth? I don't know. I don't know. It's all pre-production stuff. Actually, all the stuff we're seeing... Uh... Like, okay, you, you don't see things dedicated to Freddie Mercury, dedicated to Farrakh Bulsara... It's what they became after they came to the place and did the big thing. True, true. There were a bunch of Anakin Skywalker figures when those movies came out, so, you know, checkmate, atheists. Yippee! <laughs> oh, oh, poor Jake Lloyd. This is why you don't bully actors, people. Just don't. 
no matter how bad the movie is. Just direct everything toward George Lucas. Yeah, he's a big boy. He can take it. We'll get Jar Jar, right? He's, he's the key to all of this. Have you seen the video of um, Lucas and Spielberg yeah. um, near the yes, Tatooine yes, sets yes, with the battle with the droid? Battle, yeah. Oh, well, these guys kind of suck. You know, they uh, they get shut up and the, the Jedis just kind of slice them up. And <laughs> Spielberg's like, oh, yeah, that's, thank, thank you, George. Very cool. I think he also tried, like, the arm fell off the battle droid statue, <laughs> and Spielberg tried to put it on, but was on the wrong way around. He's, like, trying to put the hand into the shoulder. I'm, I made this, Stephen. I made a robot. See, I can make movies, too. Oh, George, you you big, big ham of a man. The man just needs a few producers just to reel him back in when he's getting a bit crazy. I would disagree. I think George Lucas should be the producer. George Lucas is a great ideas man when he has someone to slap him and say no. Compare, if you would, the original... Mm. Indiana Jones and the last Indiana Jones. Now, George's original idea for the first Indiana Jones was Indiana Jones and the Saucer Men. Ah. What we got was significantly different than that. So when you have someone saying, no, Steve, no, no, George, stop that, and making him refine his ideas and pare them down a bit more, then you get some gold. If you if you compare behind-the-scenes stuff on um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, they just said yes to George's ideas. And that's what we got was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And you just get a bit too big for your own good. Oh, George. That being said, though, I'm, I, I like the prequel trilogy. They're good fun, especially Revenge of the Sith. Oh, Until definitely. I mean, the overarching again. plot of it is really good, and they've got perfect action scenes, the scoring, and also just the world it's in, mm. because it opens something that's different for Star Wars. You can have something that doesn't match the boxy 70s feel of everything, just put it in the Old Republic. Yeah. That's one of my issues with the new ones, because they still kind of stay similar well, to the OG trilogy aesthetic, but with a bit more. Like, it makes sense when they're in like, the Millennium Falcon and stuff like that, sure. But, I, I don't know, should the First Order still be using those kind of screens, you know? Yeah. Oh, well. This is a subject Save us expanded universe. Yeah, look, I, I've given up on mainline Star Wars now. I've just gone into the um, X-Wing novels. Because they're fun and I like them. Pew 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 pew. pew. It's technically Tokusatsu. Oh yeah, they use special effects. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's all I need. Everything. Yeah, it's got special effects, man. There's an explosion in one scene. It's it's cool. We're all Gucci. It's got CGI. Technically, Fox News is Tokusatsu. <laughs> oh, Ultraman Donald is gonna drain the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to build a wall and the kaiju are going to pay for it see I think someone did make I swear to god there have been some low budget films about Donald Trump fighting aliens and stuff I have not seen anything regarding this but I choose to believe you because I want this to be the case you see this is what American elections do they turn normally apolitical stuff into stop it alright I'm 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 Making a, a maybe making this a point of principle that we're not going to mention Trump or Biden or anything beyond this point. Screw you, America! Don't do this to us. There, that's our cutoff point. Uh, I've talked about Ultraman. Rex, what do you got? What you got for me? I think Bernie can still make it. Oh, go to hell! <laughs> you, you, yeah, fine, cool. Ah, uh, <clears throat> no, seriously though, um, I'm going a little bit away from. Ultraman. I want to talk a little bit about Kamen Rider and the way it's going, because, okay, so we initially got a bit interested in Saber when we started Season 2 up. Oh yes, I too and... love Saber Rider and the Star Sheriffs. Oh dear. And 
Okay, I've just been seeing a few things of it over time. I've not been investing myself into it. I need to properly do a deep dive into some Kamen Rider stuff after a while, because I've just been stuck on playing Phasmophobia. And... I gr- okay, I know that there are gripes about Saber being just one big toy commercial, like, unabashedly, but I That's find... That's the genre these days. That's what you're in for. <laughs> We've been doing this for... When, well, when did Kamen Rider become toyetic? Not Cougar, not really um, Agito. There was merchandising. Oh, yeah, there's always been, there's 70s, always been merchandising, yeah. though, dude. What I mean is, when does it become toy? Like, like compare compare Cougar to uh, Drive. I love Drive, but goddamn, using Hot Wheels cars to transform, that's toyetic as hell, dude. Ryuki? I was... Mm, cards, yeah. I'd accept Cards that. and obvious toy robots. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're calling it a Ryuki? Cool. I'm, I'm happy with that. So, yeah... It's, it's, it's been it's been toyetic since what was that two thousand four five four four and I reckon time by Godzilla release dates not by Kamen Rider release dates. Yeah, but my current gripe is not so much with the toys itself, but more the way in which they're used in the series. Like, okay, they have in Saber they have books that you can put on the belt and it gives you powers pertaining to them. And that was quite interesting to see how it was being done. And, like, there's a bloody Jack and the Beanstalk one. And what... Okay, there are two things you might expect oh. from Jack and uh-huh. the Beanstalk. Either to be massive, or to or wield like this massive plant... Yeah. Thing. Yes. Uh, no. or, or plant powers like Poison Ivy. Something like that. But it's... <laughs> Go on. You're building up it, to it. Tell them. It shoots beans. It's a power that shoots beans at people. Me and the boys at 3am shooting beans. It's just weird. I mean, I'm looking at the list of them now. So, obviously, yeah, Jack and the Beanstalk, you shoot beans at people, obviously. Um, Peter Pan. There's a Peter Pan-themed one. And not flight. Oh, you get a hook. So it's about but Captain hang about, Hook. You hang about, hang about, hang about, hang... Captain Hook wasn't the main focus. He's not... Okay, cool, whatever. Go on, continue. This is enraging me. Yeah, <laughs> that's dumb as that's dumb as hell. Make him fly. I mean, it, would, it would make sense if it were a villain rider who had dark versions of him and had the powers based on the antagonist. Well, Zero that One had a dedicated flying form. You have the budget to do it. You have the special effects to do it. Just do it. Here's how I've in, here's how I'd improve it. You have Saber with you know the actual power that's based on flight and stuff. Then you add a bad guy rider who has an evil version of the book, gives him yeah. Captain Hook powers and give him like a grappling hook kind of thing to drag him down. That would well, make yeah. sense. Yeah, why not make the villain like, like well, yeah, why not make the villain one use like the antagonists of these books? So so when while while Saber can make vines grow and manipulate them and wibbly wobbly wibbly wobbly arms. Uh, he, he got the villain who who turns into a giant and he has to use his wibbly wobbly long arms to take the big big giant man down or he can use yeah. his flight to take down captain hook mm-hmm. yeah the flight didn't really at least the to king arthur that themed that one makes a bit more sense because he actually a has sword. a sword becoming his, his sword i <laughs> saber it's, he just gets an extra sword saber in no way really appeals to me on any level um and i hate saying that because i love carmen rider I absolutely adore Kamen Rider, but Saber does not look like Kamen Rider to me, and it does not feel like Kamen Rider to me. I get no Kamen Rider vibes from it. 
I, I said exactly this kind of thing about X-Aid, and I was proven wrong with X-Aid, and I'm happy for it. So maybe maybe I should give it a chance, but I've not heard anything good about Saber, unfortunately. Maybe that's just people overreacting, but I am not eager to start watching Saber. In, in fact, to just take this on a bit of a tangent, Kamen Rider hasn't been fun for me for a while, which sucks. Like, I liked a few aspects of Zero One, but when the core character aruto just doesn't appeal to oh, me and yeah. actively re- you know what's the word i'm looking for actually actively repels me it makes it hard for me to want to continue watching it and i know that's dumb because i run a po- uh, talkie podcast but i just it, it makes me not want to continue when i'm not having fun and it makes me just want to go back like i'm i'm, I'm loving fires fires is cool uh hibiki is pretty fun so far older stuff i i like because it's a bit i know this is gonna make me sound kind of insecure and a bit oh but it's 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 darker. It is a bit edgier, and I like it because of it. I know that makes it sound like oh, it's, it's cool, mum. It's it's not it's not Super Sentai. These guys have blood in them, and and they die, and they're sad. I'm getting you some SICs for Christmas. Oh boy, <laughs> so edgy. I kind of agree I with SIC. what you mean, though. For me, it's more the character dynamic and the design of the protagonist. So early Neo Heisei stuff was my jam. You've got Double, you've got O's, you've got Forze. That's... Fantastic character interactions. It keeps you going. Even in the scenes where there are no fights, there's no actual superhero stuff. It's just mm. the characters talking. You feel engaged. You want to yes. know more about them. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Early Neo Heisei was, and this is a, a new word I've just come up with, and I'm I'm coining it. And if I hear anyone else using it, you got to pay me royalties. But costumetic as hell. So I'm going to go ahead and define costumetic because it's in my head and nowhere else right now. Uh, you ever seen the Sixth Doctor? Yes. You ever seen the Seventh Doctor? That was Sylvester McCoy, wasn't it? Yeah. Costumetic as hell. Like uh, question marks all over his tank top, stuff like that. And then when you look, stuff that a normal person wouldn't wear. And when you look at, like, uh, it's just when someone dresses in a way where you can tell it was put together by a costume designer as a costume, not as something that someone realistically wear, you know? Yes, definitely. I mean, look at Shotaro, look at Eiji, look at... Yes, um, definitely. um, Look at Philip. Every early Neo Heisei one. But despite that, the strength of the characters really shines through, and that becomes why I like it. I, I love O's. Not because of like the rider design or anything like that, but because of the cast of characters, how well written they are, and how they interact with one another. I love all of these characters, and I like seeing them together, and I like seeing them talk to each other. And I honestly prefer the non-fight scenes to the fight scenes, because the fight scenes are fine. But there's no talking between characters in it, and I shouldn't be saying that about a an action series where the whole focus is power-ups and fighting, but I am. And that I think that kind of speaks to the strength of some of the older stuff. I, mean, well, I say older stuff, that was like 2000... Oh, God, that was a decade ago. Hmm. Cool. Well, that's moderately depressing. Yeah. Mortality approaches. Yeah, I see what you mean. I just... Uh, Saber, I'll give it a go. Because I gave X-Aid a go. And by God, I love X-Aid. It's really good. But I'm not... I'm not feeling optimistic about Saber, really. And I shouldn't feel like that, but whatever, there's plenty of other talking to watch. I do like how one of the riders, in standard form, is sort of Aladdin-themed. So you've got one of the shoulders looking like an oil lamp. No actual powers, I think, relating to it, but it just... 
just looks cool. It That's... does. Yeah, it's like white and gold kind of thing as well. Um, I'm seeing some sort of hedgehog-related Wonder Ride book. I mean, is that based on some folk tale or? Um, well, it's a hedgehog's dilemma, but that's that's not really a, a fable or anything like that. That's just a that's just to illustrate how hard social interaction is. They're kind of pulling it out of their ass with this one. At least with, I know with Double, they had they could pick from practically anything. Here's concepts in USB sticks. Well, yeah, they, they, they're just pulling things from our collective unconscious. Like you can do whatever the hell you want with that. Fang. Okay, cool. Joker. Oh, okay. Why was that? A... Joker's <laughs> um, a stat boost. Build wasn't did it? okay. Build was a similar thing. You got your half and half superhero, and yeah, I mean, it's like let's combine this power with this power. It was a bit more refined than double, I guess. Saber doesn't look like a common rider to me, and that I know that sounds really superficial, but it matters to me at the very least. I have a very What's the word I'm looking for? My concept of what a Kamen Rider is is an amalgamation of what kind of Kamen Rider ended up becoming later on. Well, that's not what I want to say. What am I? What am I trying to say? It doesn't look like Kamen Rider. It doesn't feel like Kamen Rider to me. Kamen Rider is someone who kind of exists on the fringes or the outside of society and fights for that society despite not being able to be a part of it. And that was quite a lot of what the older Kamen Riders were at times, not totally, mm. but that was clearly the intent that, you know, if you look at Skullman and stuff like that, that originated, that, yeah, that kind of preceded uh, Kamen Rider. And then subsequent Kamen Rider stuff, like, look at Shin, which was um, Shinomori's favourite. Counterpoint, what about X-Aid? Is he the outcast because he's a capital G gamer? <laughs> look, okay, we all know that gamers are the most oppressed minority group in society right now. Because after all, we do live in a society. X-Aid was too much of an epic gamer, and so he had to be oppressed. I want a female version of X-Aid, who's like a villain, and the mooks are all simps. <laughs> what, they're her uh, Twitch moderators? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it can be a little bit camp, so when they start yeah. to be scared, um, she just shows a little thigh, and they just rally. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and they pay her for the privilege. <laughs> I want an ego come. <laughs> oh, you have to oh, dodge God. her bathwater. Oh, that waveform looks horrible. Good, Good luck editing that. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun to edit. Oh, it's your fault for making such a funny joke. Oh man, that is horrible. <laughs> and if this was. If it was like a Western program, that would probably be feasible. I'm looking at images of X-Aid now, and like just because I'm I'm looking at stuff while we talk about it, and seeing the costumes and stuff, and in every X-Aid costume, there's a noticeable crotch bulge, and it's like cleft with the seam in the middle, so it just it looks like balls. It just it's like a cat's balls. It's noticeable. Now, personally, I don't notice cat's balls, but you know, maybe I'm the weird one for not looking at them. You know. Who am I, to I brought judge? the podcast to a screeching halt to announce the presence of balls. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure I mentioned this to you like a week or so ago, but if XA was made today, we'd have VTuber characters. Poppy would be a VTuber. And she'd yes. be horrible CGI as well. No way. I think they'd green screen her No, around. no, no. She'd be horrible CGI. They'd Miku Miku dance her in. I mean, 
not sure if I'd be for or I'd like a follow-up that's something like that, and it being seen as like a new thing. That would be cool. Well, that would like be interesting. We've got a million and one um, X-Aid endings, so I mean, like, we, we probably will at some point. They'll do like a, a an X-Aid five years after, and Poppy's had a kid, and she's a VTuber avatar thing or whatever. You think they'd remove the bulge from the promo images? I mean, are you still I mean, looking at X-Aid's bulge? I mean, surely for promo Im- images you remove stuff like you know with um, them photoshopping nipples off of male models. They do that. Yeah, apparently men with nipples is like taboo, despite it just. Uh, it, yeah, I I don't know why they want to get rid of that vestigial feature, but yeah. All right, let's have a look. So you got me looking for bulges now. <laughs> I am the bringer of tangents. This is now a Rider Bulge podcast. Um, actually, to be honest, I've noticed that like around Forza and stuff, a lot of characters had some ass going on. Especially Meteor. I'm just like, what? They got a whole Do bit they on cover that it with like a plate or something. <laughs> really? Yeah. No. One of the uh, one of the characters really likes the Blue Ranger for that year's version of Super Sentai, and she's got a bunch of pictures of him saved to her phone, and most of them are of his butt. <laughs> Watch Tokusatsu Ga 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 Ga. It's so nice. It, it's it's really nice, especially as like an adult fan of these things. Now, sure, we don't have the same societal pressures that they do in Japan, or that they do in Japan for women, but it's still it's still. I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't try and hide what I'm into, but at the same time, it's good to get that perspective. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I'm aware that well, I like Japanese Power Rangers is a weird, is a weird look. I, I'm lucky to work with people who, most of them are into kind of weird nerdy stuff as well, and the rest, don't really, yeah, aren't that kind of the kind of person to kind of have a go or judge you for it. It's quite interesting seeing that kind of culture in um, Tokusatsu Ga 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 Ga. But it's also got some really good mm. life lessons I in it. I think in the West, with usual mature workplaces, with people it's more just like, oh, cool, you've got a hobby. Yeah. We don't. We all have uh, playground PTSD, so to be accepted by sensible adult human beings, we just huh. like really cherish that. Oh, man. Yeah, no, watch Tokusatsu Ga 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 Ga. It's good, and I made that joke last time. Oh, we're just re- rehashing so I'm many jokes, aren't we? You could probably just make a, it's uh, like a, a soundboard of my favourite stock jokes, and that'll that'll be me for the rest of the podcast. Mate, I could continue this podcast without you. No, you I could say a few things, I'm, and I just press blood. a bunch of keys. Watch Ultra Man. Let's do a Grid Man episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you never I, left. I'd occasionally just uh, chirp in with something recent so people think it's up to date, but yeah, pretty much. <laughs> in the future, all Spandex Power Armor episodes will be randomly generated by an algorithm. Did you make a bloody VeggieTales reference? I made a VeggieTales reference! What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Loads of things are wrong Why with me. Why do I even know that's a VeggieTales reference? What is the internet? <laughs> Speaking of... Um, Speaking of Christ, bizarre... Bible Man. I was about to make that segue. Thank you. You're welcome. That is one plan. We will have to watch a bunch of Bible Man. It's kind of hard to do it's in the YouTube. UK. I mean, you've got some episodes, but there's like OG Bible Man, then there's newer oh, no, Bible they did, Man. They and... did a cartoon, didn't they? I don't oh yeah, care it turned into it. a CG series. I'm not too keen on that. I mean, yeah, all half, right. I mean, half of the appeal of Bible Man is the fact that it's live action. Okay, it. I know that sounds dumb. Yes, I, that sounds incredibly dumb to say. Let me explain. That suit looks lame 
And when it's rendered in a 2D, well, I suppose 3D, when it's rendered on a, uh, on a, on a, I can't say drawn. What's the word I'm looking for? I'm, 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 my brain's turning to mush. When it's rendered on something that isn't real, it just looks bad. When it is on someone who is real, I, I know then what you're sure talking it looks about. Bad. Yeah, it looks bad, but, it but looks in a like charming a professionally way. professionally done animated series. It doesn't have that appeal. Yeah, live action is charming. Cartoon animated is animated is the word I was looking for. Animated less so. It just looks bad. Yeah, I like the live action stuff. You can tell they're kind of having fun with it, and some of the humor is actually almost decent. But it's cringe because. Wow, it goes it goes heavy on on the god. Now, considering his name's Bible Man, I would be disappointed if it didn't. Yeah, and I, I love how it's always oh Jimmy at the youth group doesn't want to come to church anymore. Quick Bible man, make him come to church. And oh oh what the best thing is, it's like it's always an external influence causing the children to do something or question themselves. Not some sort of conflict internally. No, it's always got to be something else. Put your blame on some bloke in tights working for the devil. Don't never... resolve your own issues. My problem is that it's never actual Satan. It's just some generic thing. I want actual Satan. Oh, hang... hang... Oh, they always ominously imply it. Hang like about. Hang goes, hang... I know who you work for. That kind hang of thing. About. Apparently... Oh, damn it, it's Rent. So I was just looking through Bible Man pictures on Google as you as I do, you know, regularly. And there was a thing, Bible Man Classics, available now, Vimeo on demand, but it's rent. I'm not going to rent that junk. Nah. It's on Vimeo. Everyone's favourite. I'm just thinking now about the way that Bible Man portrayed, you know, issues with kids. It's like having doubt or feeling sad. It's an external entity that causes it. Imagine if they went so far enough, they did one about homosexuality. you got one teen who's questioning his um, sexuality and rather than actually doing anything it's more like oh it's well, it's Bible some evil brings out his electric powers and just kind of shocks the game away. Mike, Mike Penson no. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's got it you know rather than it being like an actual thing it's more like oh there's some evil wizard there who's making kids gay he's putting chemicals <laughs> in the water are you saying that that would not be an amazing episode it would you be, saying that it would you be don't incredibly that? offensive. But... It would be hilarious. You you know you know he would be the most horrible stereotype ever. Anything and everything under the sun that they can put into one character would be put into that one character. It would be horrible. For all our jokes, I just want to clarify that at least I I don't think Bible Man or the people behind Bible Man are that mean spirited or anything like that. Oh no, have, no, they no, would no, not in the least bit. They would, we don't think they would ever do that, and we, they, they would never. I, the people who do no. Bible Man are, I mean, obviously we think they're a bit misguided, obviously, because I mean I'm agnostic. Um, Rex, you're atheist, right? Ah, uh, for the time being, might start a cult later. Sick. So yeah, obviously we we disagree with them on a lot of things, but like, I appreciate the sincere attempt at making like uh what's the best way to word it good christian values in tv you know it's i disagree with a lot of the stuff they say but i uh, i and i like to think i like to try and think the best of people and so this is coming from a place of genuine desire to give kids good role models and good life lessons even if some of them are wrong hey it came from a good place probably yeah you know what i want more than anything do tell. Edgy Bible Man. No, 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 no. Post, I want my version because it gets Bible bought Man. out by the Westboro Baptist Church. But that's not Edgy Bible Man. That's just horrible Bible Man. That's horror Bible Man. 
That's Old Testament man. <laughs> I want New Testament man. <laughs> Let's have them fight. Wait. You've got wait, one representative. Wait, wait. We do have two of them, and they tacitly have to work together, but secretly they don't agree because they're at odds. Old Old Testament man. I, I want this. There's, there's so much you can do with Bible man. That shouldn't be a thing that I can say, but there is so much you can do with Bible Man. You, what was that? What was that? Nicholas Cage? No, it wasn't a no, it wasn't a Nicholas Cage film. It was what's his name? Kurt something. The one where they're on the plane and then like half the people on the plane. Oh, disappear. I know. Kurt left Cameron. Behind. Kurt, Kurt Cameron. Cameron. That's the guy. Okay, left. Okay, I went down this rabbit hole, by the way, and I'm going to take you guys down it for a little bit because we're talking about Bible Man, and I can tacitly connect it together. Where it is left be. There we go. Left Behind, so, that was the one. I'm pretty sure that's the one. Uh, yeah, okay, so Left Behind. Um, the basic plot, uh, the, the rapture happens. A bunch of people go. And everyone left behind is, oh, oh no, um, objective morality exists in this universe and God is a active presence now. And we're all sinners. Womp womp. And that's that's basically it for the film. But there's a, it, it's based on a book and there are a load of books. I've heard there are a lot of adaptations as well. There's a miniseries, there's even an RTS, where when you play as the Christians, what? it's just average-looking white dudes, dudes in sweater vests. That's got to... Okay, Left Behind is a multimedia I'm not lying. that started with a series of 16 best-selling religious novels by Tim LaHaye and Jerry B. Jenkins. I love that name. Uh, that dealt with Christian dispensationalist end times. I had to think about that word. You'll, you'll edit out that long pause, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? To make you look a bit smarter. Yeah, I'll, I'll fill it in with a clip of me screaming, don't worry. <laughs> okay, cool. So, yeah, 16 books. 16 books. Graphic. Blimey. All right, so we've got the ki- Left Behind the Kids series. I did not go this far down the rabbit hole. I just looked through the plot. What? A kids series? Spin-off books, graphic novels, film adaptations, video game. That must be... Okay, let's have a look at the kids series. I've uh, Left Behind the Kids... I sent you a screenshot 40... of um, the... RTS. Left Behind the Kids series is a series of 40 novellas written for teenagers. It has the same plot as the adult series, but the main protagonist are teenagers. You lazy hack fraud. He wrote the same books again, but changed out the age of the characters. That Wow, those are really white bread people. Just... I just looked at the screenshot. 40 novellas of the same... Still more innovative than Tech War. Dramatizations of the novellas were produced by Christian Radio uh, by Airflix. The series was conceived as a sequence of 48 novellas, but only 40. They wanted to do more. <laughs> 2002 series of graphic novels published by Tyne, Tyndale House, blah, blah, blah. Film adaptations, plural. I know there were two. I think Kirk Cameron was in one. And, oh, Kirk. Oh, he was the one who did that Christmas movie. That really horrible Christmas movie. Left Behind 2. He did a Christmas movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas. Have you not seen it? I keep forgetting his name and getting confused with something else. Um, where is Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas? It's going on the list. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, so, basically, Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas. Is it Tokusatsu? Oh, um, probably. So, there's a... Uh, Kirk Cameron is hosting Christmas dinner for his family. Uh, and he's a good, strong Christian man. He's a good god boy. Um, but some of his family have the audacity to not be religious or maybe quite as pious as him, and they may have some doubts as to um, 
what value Christmas has to them as non-church members or to society at large, given that society has yeah, progressed within the last 2,000-odd years. And so he systematically takes each and every single one of them aside and is like, you know, St. Nick was actually a pretty cool guy. And then gives them some kind of pitch. And, and by, the end, <laughs> by the end of the like, wow, yeah, I guess Christmas really is cool. I'm going to pray. And then that's it, in a nutshell. Kirk Cameron saves Christmas. I'm hoping that's the last word they say. <laughs> and then they turn to the camera, it zooms in on their face, and they say, to Muhammad. <laughs> the credits is just Kirk going, no! I, I want a series of films where Kirk Cameron unintentionally t- uh, drives people to other different religions. Kirk Cameron saves Hanukkah. <laughs> to be honest, that would happen if he probably went outside the US. Because... Okay, so we know that a lot of faiths, they're pretty chill compared to the US variants where they are, they are just going full ham. You, we've seen the mega churches. Oh, boy. Yeah. Wow, there was, he was in three Left Behind movies. Left Behind the movie, Left Behind 2, Tribulation Force. I'm still on Left Behind, by the way. Left Behind, World at War. I know there was a remake. Oh, wow, he had video the games. The podcast, we, uh, we're talking we about very, Kirk very Cameron, religious. baby. It's because you mentioned Bible. It's because I mentioned Bible Man. You were going to mention Bible Man. I can still blame you somehow. We were we were mentioning Bible Man at the same time. We're both equally responsible. It, it's a gateway <laughs> superhero. Now, I really want a left behind situation for Bible Man. Like a world what, where he is questioning why he got left behind. No, no, where he's left behind specifically to try and save as many people before the apocalypse. Wouldn't that be sick? He's, a, he, he's the lone good man in a world full of sinners. That'd be sick as hell. Dude, that's, that's Doom Eternal. Y- yes! Do you, you're on board then. <laughs> you agree with me. <laughs> You've got your edgy blood and gore Bible man video game. Right, but game. he's not purple. And he doesn't pray. And he doesn't have a group of kid sidekicks to help him out. That's because all the demons got them. But would that? I, I I'm not often. I don't often genuinely advocate for a gritty, edgy remake or adaptation of something. But in this one context, I am absolutely, unironically, genuinely advocating for what would I call it? Bible Man Rapture, Bible Man Apocalypse, Bible Man the Rebibling. Love and pray until it is done. But that would be sick as hell. Have him fight Beelzebub at the end or something. I don't know. Barbatos. Yeah, I, I dig that. Yeah. Make it. I, I want it. Don't do that. Would it help if I um, drew over that uh, old Doom comic with Rip and Tear and stuff? Ooh. Just with Bible Man. I'm down to clown. Didn't this, didn't this holy sword have the same sound effects as a lightsaber? Oh, it was Defo a lightsaber. That was the appeal. It just—it was so cheap and oh man. Well, I find I'm—I'm I'm totally all right with cheap stuff if you can tell genuine passion went into it. Because then the lack of quality of like the physical stuff is kind of transcended by just the appeal of people just genuinely. And bring one of their passion projects to life. It, it's it's nice. Oh yeah, you could tell effort was put into Bible Man. I like Bible Man. I mean, it's it's not good. But it's yeah, it's fun. One of those things you can just have a yeah, a good laugh with with your mates. 
But it's not even like a mean kind of thing. We're not like laughing at it. We're just kind of laughing. Yeah. There's one thing you take away from this episode. It's that you should watch Bible Man. It's a very odd thing, especially for Europeans. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. this is nothing like what we're used to over here. This is a very American thing you guys have got going on. And sometimes your American things aren't so great. Sometimes you guys do some pretty alright stuff, I guess. For the love of God, stop making adaptations of our sitcoms. Oh, I mean, The Office was good, but that was lightning in a That's bottle. That's an outlier. Yeah. However, if you want to make some weird Tokusatsu versions of things, then by all means, you know, if you want a Power Rangers, eyes, uh, I don't know. I was going somewhere I with that, and then I just didn't. think they're doing another film, like a, a reboot, because um, yeah. the last one, it felt very experimental. That's a very polite way of saying it was bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll keep explaining this to my grave, but the last 30 minutes was good. Right, 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 yeah. But 30 minutes out of, like, what, an hour and a half? That's not much. I mean, I was... It, was, it was a good Krispy Kreme advert. <laughs> it's a magical place. <laughs> I was watching The Breakfast Club with my dad a little while ago and I, I, throughout watching it I was like this is just it's just the first like two acts of Power Rangers but better I really want to see if <laughs> okay, I can Okay what edit. we'll do is we'll get The Breakfast Club and then just splice the last fight scene from Power Rangers onto it Man I'm so disappointed in that movie and I know I know there are some people who really like it but those people only like it because the Yellow Ranger is maybe gay and the Blue Ranger is autistic. Those are the main times I've seen people praise it. And, yeah, sure, the Blue Ranger being autistic, that's decent representation. They lean a bit too much into the whole, oh, I take things too yeah. literally angle for my taste. I mean, for clarification, I'm on the spectrum, I've got Asperger's. I run this podcast, obviously I do. Come on, man. Um, so that's not me getting offended for other people. That's I'm not even offended. It, it just I don't know. It just bugs me a little bit when they go that far with them. You know, like come on. Anyway, uh, as far as the Yellow Ranger goes, I mean that's I understand that people feel kind of starved of content, but that's really not much that you were given with that regard. That's not really praiseworthy. One line implying that maybe <gasps> it's ambiguous. It's an ambiguous character development. Oh. They don't have to edit it down in China. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, that saves don't a bit accept of time. that. Demand more. All right. If you want, yeah. If you want that stuff, demand more. Don't let them get away with that bare minimum crap. All right. This isn't a. Um, this isn't an issue. This is not an issue that I feel particularly strongly on because it's not my fight. I'm not part of that community. If you are though, don't settle for it. All right. Just fight for more. Don't let them. Oh just, yeah. Don't let them half-ass it with that. So Get that, you some better representation. Yeah, that, that's that's why I don't particularly accept any or most things like oh, but but it was really good. Oh, that last half hour though. I'm looking at you, Rex. Last half hour is crap. Hey. The designs. None of the designs look. Good. I am getting too head up over a Power Rangers movie. It's not good. Um, they could make. They could have made it really good. I maintain to this day that I can edit that movie down into uh, Power Rangers episodes length worth and make it pretty all right. Yeah, you can make that into a TV pilot. Yeah. You could edit out all the crap and just be like, yeah, sure. Way too expensive to actually air, but still. Zordon was so mean in that movie. Yeah. Like, he had zero patience for teenagers with attitude problems. Oh, well. Hopefully the next one will be better. I, I mean... It's not like we've not got Power Rangers, you know? I mean, we, we've got Power Rangers and we have for like 20-odd years. 
So a bad movie isn't going to take that away. I hope Jason David Frank gets kicked out of the next screening of this one. <laughs> oh, oh man, I I don't understand why it was just him and Amy Jo Johnson that got cameos. I can understand David Yost not wanting to be too involved with it on account of the bullying. But I don't know. I mean, poor guy. Oh yeah, poor guy as well. I blimey. That must have been horrible. I mean, he was on it for longer than anyone, except for uh, Paul Schreier. 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 The guy who played Bulk. Schreier. I think it's Schreier. Schreier. That's not, I've read that name loads of times, but I've never said it out loud. And I hate it when I have those moments. Yeah, new Power Rangers movie. Hopefully it'll be good. I, I like good movies. I, I don't really like them when they're bad. That's not a controversial thing gonna to say. We're going to consume it anyway. Yeah, probably. But it's okay, because we'll talk about it on the podcast. So it's, we're not consumers, all right? We uh, hmm. we consume on behalf of the consumers. Yes, we, we consume so you don't have to... Did I make it in the start? We're not well-known enough to be influencers, so we have to pay for the media, but we're not consumers, guys. Rex, was that the second episode in a row I made a nostalgia critic joke? Yeah, you need help. <laughs> what have I become? Oh, man. Mothra Blu-rays are coming out in the UK. Do you know what I bought Sweet. last year? The the US release. So now I'm going to have two Mothra Blu-rays. Same content? No, different content. That's why I'm... That, oh, dude, no. I'm not that bad. Uh, the, the one that's coming out... <laughs> I, look, if it was the same content, I wouldn't. But the, the one I've got doesn't really have any special features or anything like that. But the new one that's coming out has got loads of decent special features. So I, I'm buying it for the special features. Ooh. Didn't you mention the Gamera movies were getting individual Blu-ray releases now? Oh, not individual. They're splitting them oh. up. So you've got the Showa ones are separate. The Heisei ones are separate. Okay. More importantly, though, they're cheaper. Now, I don't mind that because I wanted the books and junk that came with it. Yeah, they were kind of testing the waters with the great big special edition, and it's a shame that was so scarce, but I think a lot of people would like the extra access to these films. It's been a massive problem for years. I think anyone who really, really, really wanted the uh, all the special features and stuff like that would have pre-ordered the thing anyway. So, I mean, obviously there are some people who couldn't and didn't, but I think for the most part, the people who wanted that stuff pre-ordered it early on like I did and got it so I don't think that's too big of an issue I think the people who just want the movies um, I think anyone who bought the thing and just wanted the movies are going to be kicking themselves right now but it wouldn't be too hard for them to shift their uh, big collections and then sell it for the um, cheap ones I'm just, glad they're, I'm just glad they're doing it again because they're, they're out of stock on Arrow because I, I, I was going through their stuff because they do some good releases completely out of stock on their actual website Amazon still has them, but they're marked up quite a bit, and I dread to think what they're like on um, on eBay. So this has been a wonderful journey through Ultraman, gripes about Kamen Rider, a hell of a rabbit hole delve into evangelical Christian children's programming, for which we are most certainly not the target audience. Um, man, left behind. That was one hell of a thing. Somehow we got back into Gamera. Now, when... Uh... When Bible Man, you know, he, he dresses all in like bright purple and yep. stuff like that. And he's an evangelist. Oh, no. Neon okay, that's it. I'm, I'm going to Photoshop all like, the orange bits and green and stuff. <laughs> Get in the robot, Bible Man. <laughs> you made me snort. Blank. I want to see Bible Man fight <laughs> angels from that. 
Oh, man. I want a Bible Man versus <laughs> fanfiction series. I might bloody write it. You may as well. There is, Like I said earlier, there's a lot you can do with Bible Man, and there is a lot that is not being done with Bible Man. He deserves better, goddammit. Ironic, that statement, really. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's... Uh, very loose. Uh, next episode will be uh, a lot more structured, um, and from that point coming for- going forth, then, yeah, we'll be a lot more, well, I'll be a lot more focused. Well, to be honest, I've been goofing off a lot. I've been playing way too many video games. I spent way too much time this week on Superhot. Indie games are a slippery slope, children. Never get into them. To the next episode, we could actually tell you what next episode is going to be about. Ultraman, Hanna-Barbera... It exists. You fool! It's pretty good. Now we actually have to do it. We have oh, an no, obligation. I gave, the, I gave the whole thing away. It's on the internet now. Yeah, I look forward to that, peeps. Oh yeah, everything on the internet's true. Yeah, um, yeah, we're definitely going to do that live action, not live action, animated Ultraman movie. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Don't count the votes. Hang about, I already said we'd had a cut-off point for political stuff, Rex. Why would you this make This was the liar? main body. It was for why the main body. This is the outro. We can say anything. Why must you turn this podcast into a house of lies? It's all political, especially blokes in rubber suits. Well, yeah, I mean, why do you think they call them Red Rangers? <laughs> it's not because of the colour, I can tell you that much. <laughs> this is turning into an absolute uh, mess, and I hope that you have had as much fun as we have as we destroy our own podcast from the inside. This is Rex signing off. The biggest mistake American politics has made is making everything around it dateable. <laughs>